Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Picture Life, the best way to protect and secure your photos and videos. Picture Life works on Mac, Windows, and iPhone, and even backs up your Facebook and Instagram pics, all for only $7 a month. For a free two-month trial, visit picturelife.com slash twip. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by skillfeed.com. It's a new website where you learn or improve your creative and technical skills with over 700 curated video courses covering presentation, design, photography, video editing, and more. And for a limited time, This Week in Photo listeners can get a 30-day extended free trial to SkillFeed by visiting skillfeed.com backslash twip11. That's skillfeed.com backslash twip11. This week on Twip, a discussion on Sony's A7 and A7R mirrorless full-frame game changers. We talk about Panasonic's new Lumix GM1 and Nikon's new Retro DF. Plus, there's a discussion on Apple's newest macOS 10 release, Mavericks. We talk about iOS 7 and the new faster, lighter, and lustworthy iPads. And to round it all off, at the end of the show, there's an interview with Cameralabs.com mastermind Gordon Lang with his first thoughts on the Sony A7 and A7R. It's Wednesday, November 6th, 2013, and this is TWIP. And welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to discuss some of the cool topics this week and... Last week, I guess this month in general, this is like the season of gear releases, um, but I've got none other than Martin Bailey and Derek Story on the show with me to discuss all the cool new widgets that are out there. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well. All Great, right. Thank you. All right. Uh, Martin, let, let's start with you. Let's, uh, let's do some quick housekeeping. What's, what's been going on in the world of Martin Bailey? I, uh, I've just, just finished uh, coming out of a really horrible... And three to four weeks of trying to work around web problems again. I, I think the last uh -oh. time we spoke, I was I was just coming out of a bunch of changes, um, but I feel less like a photographer and more like a web designer again. Um, out of it though, and it's uh, got some cool stuff coming along in this next week or so. Um, we've just filmed both of my snow monkeys and Hokkaido tours this week, and. You filled them both? Yeah, they've both they've both filled this week. So oh, that's, that's cool. uh, yeah, thanks to the for folks that have signed up for those. And uh, yeah, looking forward to. I'm I'm working on the details for an Africa tour next year, and we we've also the Iceland tours half full as well now. So it's all it's all looking good. We've got a, a good year ahead. Um, probably got a Sri Lanka tour coming up next year as well. So Jeez. it's all it's all looking good. You are my hero, man. Just traveling the world. The man traveling the world with a camera in hand. It's a, oh, yeah, it's great. I love Living it. the dream. Welcome. Welcome to the show again. Yeah. Also, on the show back there, if you're watching, you see him down there. If you're listening, you may have heard him laughing, Mr. Derek Story. Hey, Derek, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good what's to be happening? on the show again. So should I, should I talk to you about the digital story, or is it all about the nimblephotographer.com now? 
Well, I think right now it's the nimble photographer because it's the new site, right? Everyone knows about digital story. So, yes. so yes. we got it off the we got it off the ground. Remember, uh, last time I was on, we were getting ready to launch, and uh, now we're off the ground. Yeah, and apparently uh, you were you were drinking Johnny Walker because that logo reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, someone else mentioned that, and I so then I started getting paranoid, right? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I have to reinforce it, right? Right, right. Uh, so I pulled up to Johnny Walker, and first of all, he's walking the other way, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> depends on which side of him you're yeah, standing. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty funny, but uh, so I, I did a close comparison. And I think I'm okay. And actually, the nimble photographer is in the trademark office, so uh, oh, cool. I guess I will find out if I get too close to uh, to something else. No, well, the Johnny Walker logo. Not that I I know that much about Johnny Walker, but he has on like a he's a got Scottish also, outfit and a yeah. hat and all that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he doesn't look very nimble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you're safe. He's, think he's probably safe. not with a bottle of Johnny Walker in his stomach. Right. <laughs> exactly. For all your workshops, I think all right. the attendees should get a bottle of Johnny Walker. Right. <laughs> well, so, we do we do serve beer and wine at the workshops. Well, speaking of the workshops, what's yeah. uh, you've announced a couple, right? Yeah, the 2014 season uh, rolled out the first four, uh, nice. and uh, looking good, really good. I think probably uh, my most active pre-registration ever so wow. really happy about that yeah yeah so I as like Martin was saying uh, 2014's looking a little bit better maybe that's yeah. cool yeah that's cool. Yeah. yeah I mean there's a lot of stuff to, I mean a lot of changes right I mean there's a lot of stuff to teach about and it's not just Lightroom and raw processing and aperture and all that stuff anymore it's just there's so well, many you, different facets you know the one that's going crazy I, I always add a couple new ones every year and the one that's going crazy is the uh, San Francisco street shooting mm. workshop so that one's just uh, everyone it, uh, the other ones are doing well that one's about three times all the other ones on the signups so Gee, cool. yeah so that's cool where, where do they go to sign up for that what's the URL uh, just uh, thedigitalstory.com, and there's a workshops uh, link on the top nav bar. And I got the whole season there, a little sign-up form, whole deal. It's pretty cool. it's easy. Only take you seconds, Frederick. All right. I'm going to go sign up. And, and I also see in the notes. There. Yeah, yeah. I like you, it, you huh? A digital story hat for the switch yeah. hats every time you... That's right. I can change hat. Well, you see, I can physically change hats now, right? Oh, that's, oh, I just noticed that hat. I thought that was Jordan on that hat. Oh, that's no, <laughs> no, that's <just> Johnny Walker. <laughs> it's Air Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah, Air Walker. Yes. <laughs> that's cool. So, Derek, I also see in the notes that you are testing the uh, the uh, next version of this guy. The, oh, this is the OMD EM1 or EM. Five. five. You got. You have the one. What's up with that? I just got the one. Yeah. I, you know, I I was a little a little low on the list. I think I was like I was teasing on the podcast the other day. I was one of the first people to see it and one of the last people to get to review it. But I finally mm -hmm. got my hands on it, and uh, you know, so I'm putting it through its paces now. And I'm really curious because I mean, I love the EM5. I mean, I just I have two of them. I've got wow. the silver and the black, and I just love them. So I'm I'm curious to see how I'm going to feel about uh, you know this this new guy uh, after I get a chance to really put it through its paces. So I'm next time we talk, too. next time we talk, I'll be ready. And right. you know, there's uh, some cameras on today's show that uh, that I'm really interested in. I love the I love the lineup for today. We got a great we got topic. a ton of stuff to, to I know, catch up on. Really, really good stuff. 
It's crazy. I love this. This this is why we do TWIP, to bring everybody up to speed. Right. This is cool. So just some quick housekeeping on where I've been, because I haven't done the show in two weeks. I feel like it's been a year. Um, but the week before last was Photo Plus Expo in New York, so I was there with Panasonic helping them in their booth talk about the um, – we were doing kind of a TWIP live thing out of the Panasonic booth. They set it up kind of like a television studio with with a host chair and two guest chairs and – Google and Pixelcore came in to to stream the whole thing live through Hangouts, and it was it was crazy. It was awesome. So we had a live studio audience, and then a live virtual audience, and then folks like Skip Cohen from WPPI, or formerly of WPPI, now of Skip Summer School, was there. Um, came in. We had Leica come in to explain that Leica look. All kinds of stuff. It was crazy. So all those videos that we shot, since we did it in using Hangouts, the Hangout architecture, are on Panasonic's site at us.panasonic.com slash Lumix Lounge. So you can check out all the... These aren't, these aren't videos that are commercials about anything Panasonic. They're more photography-focused and technique and, you know, inspirational kind of things that, that, we, uh, that we were talking about. So definitely check that out. Then the following week... I jumped on a plane right after Photo Plus and went over to um, Nashville, Tennessee to hang out with Sony for a week to test the A7 and the A7R, their new full-frame autofocus mirrorless bodies. So they, Sony's crazy, man. It's awesome. <laughs> so they, they had some insane adventures set up for us. They had a skydive or a, what do you call it, hang gliding we were off-roading. We went to a Ben Folds concert with VIP backstage passes because he's a Sony music artist, right? So, And all these were set up in place for us to put these cameras through their paces and form an informed opinion on them. So, you know, so I mentioned before we started recording, Martin, I mentioned I was out there with Gordon Lang of hmm. Camerlabs.com. So he was there. He tested them, and he's doing, like, some exhaustive putting these cameras through the ringer type reviews and Karen Hutton was there as well. She wrote a, a quick first thoughts review and put that on Stuck in Customs already. And there's a on my YouTube channel and on my you can I think you can find it on my Google Plus feed as well. There's a quick interview I did with Gordon where it was like Halloween night and we sat down before we took off the next day and he gave me his sort of initial thoughts on what he thought about those bodies. So it was a crazy week. Crazy, crazy cool. week. Cool. Um, so that's that. Um, and then the other thing that I want to just update on, so there's two contests that we need to do a little house, housekeeping on. We did a Pictures Worth a Thousand Words contest. So the winner uh, is selected, and that's gonna, he's going to be, or that person is going to be posted in the blog post that goes live with this ep episode Friday. So you'll need to head over to that episode Friday or the blog post Friday to see who that is. And also we did a contest with Transporter, the uh, the transporter folks, so the little hard drive in the cloud device, that winner will also be announced Friday. So lots of stuff happening on this week in Photo Friday. Make sure you head over to check that out. So and lastly, before we jump into all this cool news, I want to thank one of our newest sponsors for this week in photo, and that's Picture Life. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Picture Life. Your pictures and videos are everything to you. So why take a chance? Protect those precious moments with Picture Life. Picture Life automatically backs up your photos and videos from your Mac, PC, and even your mobile devices like your iPhone, iPad, or your Android phone. And once they're backed up, you can use Picture Life's advanced search tool to find and view your images from any device or your desktop. 
You can also use Picture Life to easily share photos and videos privately with friends and family. And perhaps more importantly, it's so easy these days to lose your photos or videos if something happens to one of those devices. Say it gets stolen, you lose it, the data gets corrupted, it gets wet, or some kind of natural disaster happens. With Picture Life, all of your photo and video memories will be safe. So protect and secure your photos and videos from your desktop and mobile devices for seven bucks a month. You can try it for free. Just go to picturelife.com slash twip. That's a two month free trial at picturelife.com slash twip. All right, here we go back to the show. So guys, let's jump into this. So story number one, I just sort of talked about this a little bit. It's the A7, the A7R were released from Sony. Got my hands on those. I have some opinions, um, some positive and negative opinions, but mostly positive of those cameras. Panasonic released the tiny GM1. I hope you guys have seen that. It's this little tiny, it's almost wearable kind of camera, but it's a micro four-thirds camera with a micro four-thirds mount on it and essentially the same sensor in it that the Panasonic GX7 has. And then finally, the other camera that we're going to talk about is the Nikon DF. So Nikon went retro. Nikon, I feel, I put this on Facebook. I was like, it's like the Nikon suits got in a room and said, okay, dudes, everybody likes this retro stuff. Let's show them retro. We invented retro. <laughs> retro. So, and then the DF was born. So Let's kick this off. So the Sony A7A7R. Derek, let's start with you. Have you seen this camera? Have you read anything about it? Have you touched it? You oh think? yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm very impressed with what they came out of the gate with. I, uh, you know, we always wish they'd be more glass in the beginning, right? I mean, that's that's kind of been the bugaboo with uh, Sony, but the camera itself, full frame in that yeah. size body. With all the goodies, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> wow, do you need a minute? You need yeah. A minute? <laughs> oh well, I mean, you know, like the, all the stuff that's coming out right now. I'm just going, man, this is a heck of a time to to have a really big credit card <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> it's a problem, though. It's a problem because there's so much. I was talking to Julio Scario earlier, and he was he basically said, yeah, it's like it's awesome that all this stuff is coming out, but it's like shiny object taking us away yeah. from shooting, you know? Because it's like, oh, now I need that camera. Oh, look at this one. It's so cool. Well, you know, I, I look at it two different ways. I mean, I kind of compartmentalize a little bit. I mean, I have my fun, you know, uh, gear lusting, reading specs, you know, testing camera side of me. And then I have the other side where I go take pictures. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, I don't feel guilty about indulging in either side. I mean, I just let it rip. Now, if it was all about the gear and not about taking the pictures or making prints or anything, that'd be different. But yeah. you know what? I can't do that because I got to make a living. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, but I do love to indulge in, you know, in what's going on right now because it's so much fun. I mean, this, this is really, this is incredible stuff. Also, so are you going to buy, before, Mark, before I go into you, Derek, are you going to buy that uh, one of the A7s or are you just no. going to test it and fondle no. it and send it back? Yeah, I, yeah. Yes. That last thing. That last thing that doesn't that doesn't send my credit card over the limit. That's the one I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean the good news is borrow lenses, aka Shutterfly, who acquired borrow lenses. Right. Um Bar lenses hopefully will get these things in stock at some point, and people can play with them all day long. Oh, but they're not—they're yeah. not crazy expensive. I mean, with the the A7 is eighteen hundred dollars and change, and the A7R is twenty-three or something like that. But it's 
you know, it's that's a lot of money, you know, but still, it's not. Well, then know, there's six the grand. glass. Then yeah. there's the glass. Then there's that, the glass. Then there's the glass. You see, yeah. so so I mean, you know, the body that's just to get you hooked. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Martin, Martin, we talked about this a little bit before, I believe. But did you? Yeah. Are these bodies tempting you at all? Are you just like? Uh, they're exciting. I'm. I'm really. I mean, I I've been on the fence over the micro four thirds and mirrorless because you know there's there's a lot to op, there's a lot to be said for being able to shrink your gear down to such a small package. I mean, I I generally find myself even when I'm doing landscape, which for me is is the the easier um, genre to shoot because I don't need the really long glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm generally still I'm I'm packing 15 to to 18 kilograms, which is what like 30 pounds, mm-hmm. um, more. Um, so I I generally uh, find the 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 mirrorless market very attractive, just because of the length, the size of the 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 bodies and everything, just within so much. I mean, it's the nimble photographer thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but I I'm not jumping. I don't own a mirrorless camera yet, and I although I'm lusting over the A7 a little, I I don't think I'll get one because literally, I mean, I, I was on one of one of your live hangouts at, at in the in the um, at, at Photo Plus, mm-hmm. and we were, we were talking about it there. There's there's so much investment in glass. I mean, I I've I, I bought the 200 to 400 with the 1.4 times extender in it this year for my wildlife work. That sort of thing is an investment that you really need to you need to make money on that for 10 years. You know, At so least, I mean, it's, right? it, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a big uh, shift for me to. Start. I don't think I'll ever be able to move across totally because of the the sheer investment in Canon glass. Yeah. But I don't think that it's ne- it's not always necessary to. Be, I mean, we were talking before about photographers being so binary. If I buy into one of these systems, it will be for street photography or for purely for landscape work when I'm when I need when I'm hiking a little bit more and I need something a little bit lighter. I I can see me at some point buying into a system like this, and I think that the Sony A7 and A7R are game changing because they've put the full frame sensor in there. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the other things that's held me back is that I I mean I've been shooting full frame for ten years now and I really don't want to jump to go down to the smaller micro four thirds size sensor and yeah. I know that they're great I know that you've got the um, a lot of advantages in weight and I and I know that they can give pretty good bokeh as well you know the the depth of field is not it's not like an iPhone where you've got so much in focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, even iPhones now, you, if you should focus on something close, you can get a bit of depth of field. But it's um, or shallow depth of field, I should say. So yeah. they're they're getting there, and I'm definitely interested. But I think that for the time being, my my credit card's going to stay in my wallet, and I'll, uh, I'll I'm just I'm just excited to be watching the changes that are coming along. It is. And, it's uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you and you look at these changes, and it's and you hit it right on the head, Martin. It's it's not binary, right? I mean, mm. we I don't know what it is about as photographers, or maybe it's just a human thing in general where we have to. It's always an or decision. So I have to get, I have to go micro four thirds or for full frame or APS-C or Mac or you know or whatever. You mm. know, there's always an or when it's 
it's really situational. It's based on what you want to do and your budget and the kind of style of photography you want to shoot. Mm. You don't have to mm. be tied to one brand. Derek, what about you? So is looking looking at these before we move on to this GM one, but looking at these like the A seven, the A seven R specifically and and putting on your nimble photographer hat, which you have on <laughs> right there. Literally. Literally, yeah. Literally. I love it. Um, <laughs> So putting on the A7, putting on the put, like putting on the nimble photographer hat, talking about the A7, A7R, right? Is are these bodies the shot across the bow of Nikon and Canon, and 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 for that matter, Micro Four Thirds manufacturers like Panasonic and you know and Olympus saying that okay, this is the direction. All that other stuff, full frame with a mirror, smaller sensor without a mirror, it's all been leading to mirrorless full frame and that's where everything's going to go from now on. What do you think? Well, I, I've been saying for a while that, you know, Sony's the one to worry about, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, they have the creativity, they have the technology and they have the money as you just experienced. Yeah. So, you know, they, you know, it, it's the whole thing and uh, they're fearless. They, you know, they, uh, they have been fearless in the photography world. So yeah, they are, uh, going to be a force to be reckoned with and you know they they say you know we want to come out with something we want to create something new you know like every year every six months kind of thing I mean that is that is their mantra and they're doing a great job with it so yeah everyone everyone should be worried uh, about what they're doing and uh, for us on the photography end photographers we should just enjoy it because they're going to drive uh, innovation across all brands mm -hmm. and uh, and so for us it, it's it's a winning situation. Uh, I I don't think any one brand is going to you know become a you know totally dominating, but I do think Sony is definitely going to drive innovation and and really make the other guys you know work hard. And uh, I like that. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm and cool I, with I that. saw I, that. You know, I saw that at Photo Plus in the Panasonic booth from those guys. I had a chance to talk to a lot of them and kind of feel the enthusiasm for the market and all that. Yeah. And and same with Sony in Nashville. And the sense that I got from both of these companies are that they are not slowing down on any of this stuff. They're yeah. just like, you know what, we are yeah. we have the football and we're gonna run with it. We're gonna see yeah. where it goes. And then the sense that I get you know, I'm not in contact as closely with Nikon and Canon, but from an outside guy looking in, a consumer standpoint, it just kind of seems like they're like with this DF that we're going to talk about, it's just kind of like, okay, you know, focus peaking, Wi-Fi in the camera, video in the camera, that's what everybody wants. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. do something else. You know, who cares what they want? They they're just consumers. They don't know what they want. You know? I think I'm going to be the only one that likes the DF. I have a <laughs> You're feeling. You're the only yeah. one who bought it. <laughs> oh no no, but I. But, I know. Uh, I have. But, you know. I kid, but I have some. Clearly, I'm leading the witness on where I'm going with the DM. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you know, I'm looking forward to that conversation because I, I have some thoughts about that, too. But, but yeah, you know, this is, this is, this is you know, we have a lot of choices right now. I mean, that's one of the things that you're pointing to. We have a lot of choices. And and uh, to Martin's point also, and, and I just wrote a, a journal entry about this the other day, is that I look at, I mean, I don't want just one screwdriver in the toolbox. I, mm -hmm. you know, I want a set. Yeah. And uh, I want to be able to pick up the right camera f and lens combination for what I need to do at the moment. And I, I realize I'm lucky in that I, I probably have more cameras than, you know, some people get to have. 
I mean, I have the a cam- average human. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have a camera that I use just for Sunday walks, you know, and and I absolutely love it, you know. So, but <laughs> that's just decadent. Yeah, I have a camera that I use when I'm yeah. feeling melancholy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that that never happens. I would never use that camera. <laughs> it just stays in the box. It just stays in the box. <laughs> it's my melancholy camera. It's gonna stay. It's gonna stay right there. It's brand new. I don't know. So so Martin, switching gears, um, looking at that other camera. So the the Panasonic GM1, the hmm. this little tiny. Yeah. You've seen this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I look at that thing, and I actually held one, you know, in the booth over there, and I'm like. This camera is almost like a wearable item. You know, mm. it's almost like something that you'd... It's like a bracelet or something. <laughs> that it's like, you know, it's a photographer accessory that happens to... If you're a Micro Four Thirds shooter, that happens to accommodate all of your lenses. Uh, so what do you think? I know I know you're not Micro Four Thirds mm. and, you know, you're, you're shooting DSLRs and all that. But looking at this camera, it's got to tempt you a little bit. I mean, looking at this little tiny guy. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? No, no? I, I think, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, well, there, there's a bit of that. Um, but I I think, I mean, I, I do like the retro look. And I'm kind of with Derek to a degree on the on the Nikon DF. I mean, that, that this, I, I like knurled, knurled knobs, the controls yeah, on these yeah. things. The, the Lumix, the, the, the GM1 as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's got really nice analog-looking dials on it. I, I like that stuff. And I, I think that to a degree, you know, I mean, there's all... A lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, it's it's not about the gear and all, and all of this." But at the end of the day, photography—you know—you need gear to do photography. And sure. and no matter—I mean, I think there's a lot of hype around this, just the saying that it's not about the gear. You know, because you you know you you can post something that talks about um, the artistic side of photography, and and you'll get X number of views. And you post a camera review, and you and it goes through the roof. <laughs> Right. You know, so right. I mean, it's like people are all over this stuff. So you know, I mean, I'm I'm kind of getting sick of hearing it's not about the gear, because yeah. to a degree it is. Um, the the prob the the reason that I'm just going to quant- quantify that before we get a load of hate mail. <laughs> the reason, the reason that I, I you know, I just want to add before before I do put my, my foot in my mouth, that <laughs> it's it's about the gear to a degree, but it's it's never going to. Um, replace a bad photographer you know the, it's the photographer is behind the gear so that's what I think people mean more than anything you know you, you can't a, a really really crap photographer with an excellent camera is not going to make good photos and conversely a an excellent photographer with a crap camera is probably going to make a hell of a lot better photos so I mean I understand that that part of it um, but yeah, I mean, what I was going to say was that you know the 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 GMX it's a nice looking camera, and if if picking up a camera like this, any of the three cameras that we're talking about in this section, if you pick up a camera and it makes you feel good, that's going to get you out of the out of the house, and it's going to get you shooting. And I think that it, you know one can definitely augment the other, and you know seeing as it is a it's although it's an art, it's got a very technical base to it. So we might, you know, enjoy the gear, and and if if something with knurled knobs on it, gets, you know, makes makes you happy, then go for it. I think I think you may have stumbled on a, a new marketing slogan, Martin. Uh, in the was it the seventies, the sixties, or the seventies that, that that slogan was out there? If it feels good, do it. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can co-op that. It could be if it if it feels good, shoot it. Right. Shoot Perfect. It. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
a new T-shirt line for the nibble photographer. Perfect. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I don't know. No, I I agree with you, Martin. From the stand, like gear on the gear, that whole gear doesn't matter argument. The the tack I take on that is that yes, gear matters. Of course, it matters. Technology advances, sensors get better, optics get better, autofocus gets smarter and faster, and there's all these advances, focus peaking, all this stuff is gear, right? And it helps mm, us mm. become better photographers and get to that image that was in our mind's eye faster and more efficiently. Um, but I think where it gets a little cloudy is when people start becoming reliant on that stuff and yeah, using sure. the excuse to jump to the next piece of gear without having actually realized the full capability of the gear that they have in front of them yeah. when people like Ansel Adams had nothing, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he made stuff that still lives on today, and we have supercomputers, and people are still lusting after the next, the next big thing. So... I, I totally the, the gear agree. doesn't matter argument, I think, is more of learn the fundamentals of photography and understand mm -hmm. the art so that you can make cool images with whatever you have. And then when you get cool cyborg-level gear, you can be that much better. So I, don't I know. fully agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So then, so then switching that, speaking of cyborgs, the Nikon DF. <laughs> looking at that guy. So, okay, so here's my opinion on the Nikon DF. So I'm looking at it. It looks like an awesome camera, but the first, the, my first reaction when I saw it was I'd want that, and I would put it in a glass case in my house next to other retro ca cameras, and that's where it would stay because it, it looks like a piece that is designed to be looked at and not shot. And I say that because looking at it, like I sat there and I looked at the image of it, um, like the from the back view, and there's buttons and dials and switches and levers and all this stuff, and it just looked like this is why people get afraid of photography because there's like all these numbers and math and yeah, it's just insane on there. So I looked at that and I'm like, okay, this is complicated. It looks hip, but it's complicated, and almost to the degree of kind of hipster. Well, if you don't understand this stuff, then you're not cool enough to be a photographer. So that was my first reaction. And then my second reaction when I started reading through the specs were, where's video? You know, so the Nikon purposely left video off of this thing. And then I'm like, okay, I kind of made an internal decision not to buy another camera that didn't have Wi-Fi in it. This thing doesn't have Wi-Fi in it. And then the price tag is still up there. It was like $2,800 or three, something like that. Twenty-eight. Yeah, so $2,800. So then I'm looking at it all together and then looking at all the other choices that are popping up, like some of the ones that we just talked about. So why would I, do, why would I go in that direction and not in the other direction if it weren't purely for that F mount, right? So it has the Nikon F mount on it, which means all those people that have all that old glass, they can now use it on a new body. Maybe that's a sizable market. So I don't know. Derek, you, I know you have opinions, and you're going to get do. one. So I do. tell me I'm wrong. What, what am I wrong? What am I missing? No, no, I don't think you're missing anything at all. I, I, I think, and it's been really interesting to watch the discussion around this camera. I, I, I anticipated this because of the buildup. You know, the way that mm -hmm. they, they built it up, I go, you know what? They're, they're gonna, there's going to have a good heated discussion after this thing comes out because uh, of the buildup. But here's my take on it. The thing that interests me about, and I, you know, I'm not even a Nikon shooter, right? I mean, you know, generally mm -hmm. I'm going, ah, not really my brand. Right. But this camera interests me uh, because I think one of the things that they were thinking it will actually play out, which is it's a camera that you will slow down a bit with, 
that you'll be a little bit more methodical in your photography. You're not going to shoot video. You're not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it is all those buttons and dials and you are, you can't like look through the viewfinder and make a bunch of changes, right? You, you know, you, you've got to slow down a bit. And I think that in this day and age, I think sometimes slowing down a bit and being a little bit more methodical with your still photography uh, is is not a terrible thing. But and, I can and, do that on my own, Derek. I don't need a manufacturer to artificially restrict me. I can no. just say, yeah, that's I'm true. I'm going to be more considered with my shots today. You that's know, true. I can do it. You, and you can say that. But I mean, I think this is a camera that sort of makes that process fun. You know, I mean, you know, for those that enjoy that sort of thing. And uh, I'm probably not going to shoot the same way with a DF that I would with my, uh, you know. Canon's, you know, uh, 70D, right? Which is, you know, a very fast camera for me, and you know, and I know how where everything works, and blah blah blah, and uh, you know, it does, uh, it does a great job. But um, I, I think it's a camera for a special person. I don't think it's a mass, a mass market camera, and I do yeah. think it's a camera for still photography, methodical still photography. And, and to that end, and then uh, piling on on the other point that Martin brought up, which I also think, I think gear that is pleasurable to use is, uh, makes us want to go shoot more. And, uh, and I, I think agree. for some people, uh, this will be a camera that's pleasurable to use. I mean, it, it's a D4. <laughs> in there, you're going to get good stuff you right. know, out of the camera. So I think, um, you know, because it's pleasurable to shoot with, I think it's going to make people go out maybe with a tripod and a cable a cable release. Because it has uh, a hole. It, it has, has a, a mechanical hole. cable release hole there are, on there. There are threads in that thing. Yeah. And, um, and uh, go out and uh, maybe uh, work all afternoon and, and shoot a couple dozen frames. And uh, I think that's kind of cool. You know, I, I have to say. It is. It's romantic. I don't know if I would say cool. <laughs> it is romantic. And yeah. it's. I'm thinking of it from the standpoint of market, right? So we're in the YouTube, Google+, Facebook, attention deficit, uh, you know, Instagram kind of world here. And along comes this camera that says, slow down, but pay a lot for me. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Martin. What what do you think? Are you are you if Canon? I know you're a Canon shooter as well. If this was a Canon camera, same specs, you know, but with that retro and less is more kind of marketing ethos. Mm. What would you do? Would you get it? Well, I I quite like this camera. I mean, I I do think that it should have video. I think you know making decisions like that for your customers is is going to limit the market to a degree, mm -hmm. but. It's I, I I looked at it. I mean, I hadn't seen all of the hype. I'm not online looking at stuff. What's coming along? I, I you tell been you in webmaster I, mode. That's why. Right? I, well, well, I I generally learn more about photography from Twit than anything else. So, I uh, I saw this in the show notes for the first time. Um, oh, actually, no. I I got a, an email on the launch day from my local camera shop. Mm -hmm. Took a look. Um, I, and I was happy to see it. I mean, that was literally yesterday, I think. And then today we're talking about it. I think it's a great-looking camera. I think it's it's going to do to a degree what Derek's saying. You know, I mean, if someone finds those knurled knobs and the and the fact that it's almost like a a 20-year-old, 30, 40-year-old camera with the manual um, controls on there, if someone finds that interesting and exciting, it's you know, it's got to be. It's not going to be a bad thing. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that, you know, the, the internals are there. They've got the ability to put all of your full, your, your Nikon glass on there. I think that it's 
it's going to be a winner for some people, but I think it'll be very, it'll be a very polar Camry. There's going to be people like yourself, Frederick, that that are going to say, well, you know, it needs this, it needs that. I'm not interested. That's yeah. fine. And, you know, it, it's our money at the end of the day. We buy what excites us, and if it excites you, it's going to, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a good camera. I, I would, I would use one of these. If someone threw one of these in my hand and said, use this, I'd go out and I'd street do street photography all day. Yeah. Um, because it Usually feels a camera like a just kind of gives me the camera. Like that just makes me think of like okay, Martin. Like if you had a Tesla, you know, oh. in the garage at home, that's what you normally <laughs> drive. Yeah, exactly. You have a Tesla, but you're like, you know what? Why does he, he get the Tesla? out with a Model T. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Model T. It doesn't have power windows. There's no oh, GPS that, in it. It's that, just back. To, this is real driving now. You can yeah. feel the road. You know, yeah. all those technology enhancements. Who needs that? You know, this is yeah. this is the way driving should be. The Model T. You know. Well, well, may, maybe for me it's it's interesting as well because I mean I I use my cameras pretty much that way anyway. I I shoot in manual. I have a hard time shooting in a, in a, in uh, one of the automatic modes. I, I'm I'm thinking manual, and so for me, I'm using my 1DX and my 5D Mark III in manual anyway. So having a a knob there that I could just turn. I mean, we you will you'll get to the point where you know exactly where those knobs are, and you'll yeah. turn it. And I'm sure there's some there's some sort of an in, uh, a viewfinder like a, a display in there. I'm sure, mm -hmm. so yeah. you can see where your settings are. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking it's going to be you know for someone that likes that that feel I reckon it's going to be a hit. But I, I, but I, mean, I do I, I, I do agree. A, I learned on a Nikon F3, you know. So that was mm, yeah, that was yeah. my first camera and shooting manual, you know. And if you're you know feeling froggy, put in aperture priority. But it was manual. <laughs> we were shooting manual for the most part. But yeah. when things progressed beyond that, I was like, awesome! Look at all the stuff yeah, I have. Yeah, I know. What you're now saying. they're telling me I got to go back to that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> No, I think I think it's it's definitely um, you know there's a there's a time when the, all of the new stuff. I mean, I love my 1DX with its 12 frames per second. It's it yeah. the autofocus is finally the autofocus that Canon should have made 20 years ago. Um, it's it's a great camera, and so is my 5D Mark Mark II, and so is pretty much every other camera on the market at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but I I just yeah I'm, I mean I, I I'd like to use the technology when it's there. But I think having the ability to, to, like, like Derek says, slow down a little bit, you know, it's it it just feels like a nostalgic. I mean, I've got an AE1 over there, a, a 25 whatever year old AE1. Yeah. And I I never put film in it anymore. But I tell you what, it, I I love the fact that I can pick it up and just sort of, you know, like the. There, there you go. There it is. So, There's the AE1 so, I mean, right there, baby. Look on the back, on the back there, you've got the film advance. I wish there was a film advance lever on the on the Nikon DF. Yeah, you know, that you know, you, yeah, that would be great. I mean, we having some sort of a lever, but obviously, it, it's just you know, it, it's all gear. It's all it. What if it excites you and makes you want to go out with your camera? Then you know, grab one. Um, so some and some questions are coming in, by the way. So I'm gonna this first question is from Lisa Osta and she says do you think do you think of the or do you think the Nikon DF c competes with the Sony A7 and the A7R Derek what do you think does it oh two different worlds really two don't you think worlds, don't you think um but you got two you got $2500 to spend which direction would you go in me personally yeah i i take the Sony uh, me personally, I would. I mean, you know, uh, to me, it's a more versatile tool. 
uh, is smaller, is lighter. Uh, you know, it's got more bells and whistles. Uh, so if I had just three thousand dollars to invest, I'd go with the Sony. Okay. All right. And uh, Terrell Woods, hey Terrell, longtime Twip listener, says the corrects us. He says the internal display of this thing is is a D4. So mm. it's uh, yeah, cool. So it's got it's got D4 inside. It's just masquerading. As a Model T, and then <laughs> he's, he, he's he's correcting you, Frederick. I've been saying the D4 all oh, along. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I stand. I, I sit corrected. Your Model T thing did. You know, if you had a Model T with a Tesla engine in it, maybe that that. That's might what work. I'm talking about. That might have worked. That. All right. I would drive that. All right. And then, uh, let me take one more question. It's from David Plummer. He says. Um, didn't Fuji basically do that for us already with the X100? And I'm assuming he's talking about the whole retro idea or kicking that off. But I don't know. That's different. I think the X100 and the yeah. X100S are kind of walk-around, you know, fixed-lens things, right, guys? Well, I mean, I mean, where he's, I think he's tapping into is the 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 whole retro feel. Is yeah. I mean, the I mean. It's popular right now, and, and and I think for good reason. I think the it's a nice aesthetic, uh, mm. and, and uh, one of the reasons why I like the OMD. I mean, my favorite OMD now is the silver and black one because mm. I you know I've got a silver lens on there, and I just like the way that thing looks. You yeah. know, mm. uh, you know so, and uh, so yeah. Yeah, it, those those are around, and Nikon's tapping in now. Nikon said they were working on this for four years. Mm. Oh, so <laughs> I never believe that. I I, know, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm going to buy that one. Yeah, yeah, I think they I think they saw what Fuji and Olympus is doing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded good. Hey, let's just tell them we we meant to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say that at home, it never works either. Yeah, yeah. We meant to do so, that. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So moving off the of camera, let's jump into story number two. Um, so this is Apple. So Apple released Mac OS 10 Mavericks. Um, iOS 7, of course, is already out on everything, and fifth-generation iPad, so that iPad, this is an iPad Air, right, with a faster A7 processor in it, Retina display on the, I guess, the larger and the mini-size version. Um, it's got a 10-hour battery life, video recording at 1080p HD, video stabilization, um, and it's at 500 bucks for a 16-gig drive, and it's uh, very... Apparently very, very light, super light, according to the show notes, at one pound or 1.05 pounds if you've got the cellular modem in there. So, Derek, nimble, nimble, looking at yeah, this, yeah. a pound of supercomputer in your camera bag, it sounds like a must-have for a photographer that wants to be nimble. What do you think? Uh, it would be the must-have if the Retina Display Mini wasn't going to follow in its wake. Yeah. Uh, which is coming out, what, next month or something? Well, I will hear later on this month when it's going to be out, yeah. Oh. So um, yeah, the uh, the Air looks fantastic, though, and uh, I it is so light. And have you seen the commercial where they hide it behind the pencil? Behind the pencil, yeah. I saw yeah. it on the plane. I was like, yeah. what is this? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I... <laughs> You're a tough sell these days, man. <laughs> I am. I am. I'm a consumer. I can yeah. afford to be tough. I'm a consumer. Yeah, I've got a yeah. lot of choices, yeah. right? So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I if mean, there was I, only one choice, then I'd have to be nice. But yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 if it wasn't for the the Retina Mini coming out, I would. I would be more excited about the Air, but the Retina uh, Mini is the one I want. But why not the bigger sized 
um, iPad in your bag. I mean, it's you well, know, you know, working with images after all, right? Well, to be honest with you, I have an iPad 3 with a cellular and mm -hmm. uh, with iOS 7 running on it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. I don't need to. I, it's it's one of those things where it's so good, I don't really feel like I need to upgrade it. So yeah. you know, I'd rather have the the, the nice little mini myself. Yeah. If I didn't have the full size, yeah, I'd probably be looking more serious at it. But my iPad 3 is doing wonderfully. Yeah. Now, Martin, is uh, does do iPads find their way into your workflow at all, especially when you're in the field, like when you're on these the Snowmoky workshops and that sort of thing? Do you do you do any infield processing on iOS? No, I I when I'm in the field, I I shoot and I I do all of that when I get back to the hotel. Cool. I I used to carry something where I could download cards um, in in the field. I used to carry one of those tr um, drives with the slots in it. Um, but since I'm, I got, I've used large cards now. I don't even need to do that. So all of my computing when I'm traveling is done in the hotel, on the ship, or wherever I go back to in the evening. Um, but I, like Derek was saying, I mean, I, I have the iPad 3. It's got an iOS 7 on it now. I'd like the new, the new iPad. But you know, I mean, I, like I was saying earlier, I'd like a whole bunch of these mirrorless cameras as well. But you have to make choices, you know, and I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I've, I've got a new iMac behind me that's sitting in the box still waiting to be I opened. see it back there. It's um, like... Yeah, that's, that's just arrived an hour ago. That, I, I made a decision to spend the money there, so I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not going to spend any money, but I, I just like to make my decisions based on, on, you know, sound, well, make, make sound decisions uh, based on the, the how much I think I, I need to spend on things. And unless I've got a problem to solve, I generally don't buy anything new these days. You know, the iMac is here to solve a problem. Um, I, I have all of my Canon gear, everything that's in my lens arsenal, for, for example, it's all there to solve a problem. And the, the, the two bodies that I use at the moment, they, I use them in different situations because I have, I need a fast shutter speed and, and faster uh, autofocus or weatherproofing, I'll use the 1DX. And, you know, so I switch around. Um, and so I, I don't really feel as though I need to replace my iPad 3 at the moment. Yeah. And I, it's, it looks great. The Air looks great. But it, I think that the, the iPad Air 2 in a couple of years, when, the, when my 3 gets too scratched or beaten up or, or too slow to handle the latest iOS, then I'll consider upgrading, but at the moment it's working fine, so it doesn't need replacing. Yeah, yeah. If it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. Kind of mentality, yeah. right? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, so so Apple, all that all that stuff came out. So Mavericks, iOS 7, the new iPads, all that stuff, and then Google just released KitKat, or KitKat is out. So the, that's the new version of the Android operating system, and the reason we're talking about it in this show is because apparently there's some cool new integrations in there for photographers in the way that their their gallery handles photos, probably a product of that whole Snapseed um, acquisition that seems to be drip-feeding its way into how Google handles photos overall on their network. So um, it, it there's we'll link to some cool articles about with screenshots of how all this stuff works, but it looks like Google's really serious in the Android operating system, particularly on how they're handling photos with some, with some pretty... Uh, you know, I wouldn't go so far as to say professional, but more power than you've had before with regard to image editing. So it's uh, it's again 
crazy interesting days for people who who deal with pixels, right? Yeah. And then also Google Plus Photos, um, they revamped and announced a bunch of new features as well, which we'll link to. We don't have time to go into all of them, but some of them are some enhancements to their Auto Awesome feature where it's kind of a cloud-based computational photography algorithm set that they have up there where you throw images at it and it makes decisions based on the images it has. For example, if it sees a sequence of images, it will try to make a short animation from them for you and present it to you. One of the things they added in there um, was this thing that you used to have to use Photoshop to do. It was a there is a command in Photoshop called Median where essentially you put your camera on a tripod and take a bunch of images of a scene with say people in it, but all the people are moving around. Median and a couple of other commands used together would then look at all those images and remove the deltas. So what you'd end up with is a shot with no people in it. So anywhere someone was moving, they'd be gone. So you could essentially say get a shot of the Golden Gate Bridge without any cars on it, which is next to impossible in one shot. So they, Google has added that in as one of these new enhancements to Google Plus Photos where if you take a series of images, it will do that. So you could get, you'd end up with a shot with no people in it or no moving objects in it. So I think that, that kind of stuff is really interesting. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that particular feature or that kind of cloud-based computational photography. Derek, you first. So looking at, looking at this stuff where you can take a bunch of shots throw them at the cloud, in this case Google, it makes intelligent decisions about your work, whether it's enhancing them, popping the saturation, even going as far as to do photo manipulations like this median or, you know, removing people from scenes thing. Is that the future of, of photography or are we losing control away from the desktop and it's all going into Skynet and they're, it's going to make choices for us? Well, I think it's a heck of a question because, I mean, and I don't really know the answer to it. I, I, for me, I, I'm not that comfortable with it. I mean, I, I, part of the joy of photography for me is being in control of it and, you know, and, and playing with the images. So for me, probably not such a, a big deal. Uh, for some other people who maybe don't like uh, post and, and doing that sort of stuff, who knows? You know, it, it, it may be a nice way for them to get the results that maybe they, they couldn't get before uh, manually. But, you know, there's a lot of this stuff out there that where, you know, the, the thing is with anything that is, is automated or semi-automated, you, you get a kind of a, a baseline product out of it, you know, yeah. it, which is fine. But, you know, in order, I may want the bridge to be just a hair more orange, or I may want the sky to be a little less blue, or, you know, I may want just one car in there, or, you know what I mean? Right. And, right. and and so for me personally, uh, it's probably not that interesting. Okay. Now, Martin, what about you? Is this, when I look at this, I look at it as kind of encroaching on Photoshop elements and iPhoto, you know, those, those kind of consumer-level applications and sort of taking taking the decision-making out of it so that the busy mom that's chasing the kid around all day and taking a picture of the kid doesn't have to worry about putting a vignette on the photo. It's just <laughs> there, you know. And then, oh, look at that. My pictures look great. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where I see Google going with this for after that kind of market. Not necessarily, you know, the, the pros and the, the advanced amateurs that like that level, like Derek was saying, that level of control over it. But people are just like, here's a bunch of images I took. Make something cool out of it. You, yeah. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. I mean, I remember when Google first added the photo enhancements, uh, there was a buzz across Google Plus 
here's how you turn it off. You know, it's like <laughs> the, the first thing people were doing was going was was finding their settings and turning it off because most photographers enhance their images before they upload them to Google Plus. But I think that there is a huge audience out there, like you're saying, you know, that someone that he, she, you know, a, a mom with with kids, she's or or a guy at home with kids, you know, doesn't have the time to mess around with the images. Um, I think that there's a, there's always going to be a, a huge consumer market where if you can make something easy for them, they're going to jump on it. Um, and, and I think it's the sort of person that's probably um, going to be buying compact digital cameras and or even their iPhones, you know. And and that, that's a huge a huge slab of of the number of photographs made each day or made by people that don't really necessarily want to mess around with them in Photoshop. So you know, do something with for those people. It's great. And I, but I, I think that it, it's another. A lot of this is going to be a, another one of those, okay, if you make it automatic, I'm going to figure out how to turn it off for right. the photography community. Yeah, I mean, and even even when we started this Hangout, remember? So we, the <laughs> Google had automatically enhanced our images, and we're like, wow, how I look do you a turn it off? in this yeah. shot. I don't know why. And then we figured out that it was enhanced for us. Yeah, right? well, it looked enhanced, but, but it took us five, ten minutes to figure out how to turn it off, but that was right. exactly what we wanted to do. Right, right, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's great, you know, for those gazillions of pictures that get taken with cell phone cameras and that would never, ever be touched again. You know, at least they, you know, you give them a little chance of living, you know, mm. through, well, through the cloud. Snapseed is, is excellent. I love, you mm -hmm. know, if I'm, when I'm traveling, I'll often, uh, just as a way of killing time, you know, my, my camera's in my bag, it's, it's all wrapped up and... I'll often shoot like a photo of the the plane I'm about to board on through the window, and then I'll sit there and I'll I'll make it black and white, I'll make it grungy, I'll do all sorts, and I'll throw it up onto Twitter before I have to turn my phone off for the flight. I I love doing stuff like that, and and Snapseed is great for that. But I I just think that you know the majority of the time, I I want to do it in Lightroom in Nick software on the on the computer, or in Photoshop or wherever I work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting times. We got we've got old cameras, we've got new cameras, we've got mirrorless cameras. We've decisions. got decisions. We decisions, yeah. which is why Derek launched the Nimble Photography <laughs> the photographer to generate revenue so he could buy cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is good. I mean, this is good times, and we're only at the end of 2013. So yeah, it's just I wonder what what we'll be talking about in 2015. It's just insane. I think uh, photo keenness is going to be interesting, you oh, know, yeah. 2014, because I think a lot of this is really going to, you know, there's going to be a, coming to a head, so to speak, on, on, on a lot of these technologies, and I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Who do you think is going to go away, Derek? By say in, in the next couple of years, are we going to see any consolidations or shakeup in the in the? Boy, uh... you know, maybe mergers, huh? Yeah. You know, I mean, like like what we saw with Rico Pentax kind uh -huh. of thing. Uh, we might see some of that. Uh, well, who's going to buy who? You have any predictions? Well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to predict anyone's demise. You know. But, you don't want to uh, be. You don't I, be in trouble for insider yeah, trading or yeah, anything. You, you know what? I think can. I think Canon should buy Nikon and Apple should buy Win Microsoft. <laughs> that would, things that would kill <laughs> Apple if they bought Microsoft. That's yeah. a, well, yeah. hopefully it would kill Microsoft, but I couldn't, shouldn't really say that. <laughs> I think, you know, honestly, I think Adobe should be acquired by either Google or Apple. Like, I, th I, I thought that too, yeah. It's, it's one of those... 
Yeah. That well, these, it, these companies are all too big to be bought out anyway. So, and and it, I think that having the comp the com the com competition there is good too. It is. It is. Yeah. But speaking of Adobe, did you talk? You know, did you touch on that? It's not just two point nine million. Do you guys already do that story? No. No. Details. It's like uh, over a hundred and thirty million on the on the compromised on the security oh, breach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That number ended up being way higher than the two point nine that we talked about earlier. Oh, the security breach. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 story uh, won't go away. It just the number keeps getting bigger. Wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah. In the yeah. hundreds of millions instead of the couple of yeah. millions. Exactly, mm -hmm. and also in terms of intellectual property, it's possible that Photoshop was, you know, originally they were saying, uh, what was it, uh, Acrobat and um, I think Cold Fusion, but now it looks like uh, uh, Photoshop may have been some of the code also that, that got wow. heisted. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really, I really feel for them on this. This is really a tough story for them. That is, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. That yeah. is definitely unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, throwing some wood on that fire for Adobe, Derek. We appreciate. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. <laughs> oh man, kick them when they're down, Derek. I love it. All right, uh, guys. Before we continue with the rest of the show, we're going to jump into the picks of the week in a second. I want to thank our next sponsor and another new sponsor to this week in photo, and that's a company called Skillfeed. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by SkillFeed.com. It's a new website brought to you from the creators of Shutterstock.com. SkillFeed is where you go to learn or improve your creative or technical skills with over 700 curated video courses covering design, photography, web development, video editing, and more. It's easy to use. You can learn anytime and any place. You never have to schedule courses. You can learn at your own pace. You learn at night or during a lunch break or an office break. And they've even created a series of bite-sized courses that range from 5 to 15 minutes long called Skill Snacks, so you can quickly learn something new. And be sure to check out the bookmark feature to select favorite courses to view later. And a few of my favorite courses are, they've got this amazing one called Photoshop CC Color Management or Photoshop Creative Cloud Color Management. It's just under three hours on how to establish a predictable process for color reproduction. Plus, Plus, there's other one on there that's really awesome. It's called Basic Portrait Lighting Tips and Tricks. It's a nine-minute skill snack that gets you up to speed quickly and easily on creating really cool basic portraits. And finally, there's one called Finding a Sense of Place in Your Photography, another four-minute skill snack. Definitely check those out. So Skillfee takes the same approach as the parent company, Shutterstock. They carefully curate the instructors and courses for all skill levels. And it's a pretty good value if you look at it. And for less than you'd spend on a single textbook, you can learn hundreds of skills and you know a variety of different kinds of software. Skillfeed subscriptions cost $19 a month for access to more than 700 video courses. You can search, search courses by subject or software, and then you can sample the courses using the 30-second preview feature. So check it out. And uh, you can just find them at skillfeed.com slash twip11, and that'll get you the 30-day extended free trial. That's skillfeed.com slash twip11 for a 30-day extended free trial. And I'd like to personally thank Skillfeed for their support of This Week in Photo. 
Okay, guys, let's jump into our pick of the week segment. This is where you guys get to recommend something to the This Week in Photo listening audience that is somehow related to photography. Martin Bailey, why don't you take it away? What's your pick? I, uh, I'm going to verbalize this so that the people who listen to the audio can figure out what I'm talking about. But I, I've, I'm going to pick the Capture Pro from Peak Design. This is a, uh, a little... It's basically a clip that goes onto your belt or a camera, a rucksack. You you can put it onto the the belt of a rucksack uh, or on your on your actually actual belt. I also have the the pad, so it goes over a belt as well. Okay. Um, try and get it so people who are looking can see this. But um, I did a review of this on my podcast this week, and it's basically a clip. You you have a button that you press, and it. A, a little uh, shoe comes out. This is this is the the part. Sounds like a tripod. Of, yeah, this is the part that goes onto your camera. So you have a, a little. This is I I went for the Arca Swiss plate. Um, so yeah, the plate here. Put that on your camera, and then it clips into here. It's it's kind of like the Spider holster system. Only you, you can get Arca Swiss compatibility without having to put an extra clip on it. Which is I found out after I released the podcast. They the the spider holster do have compatibility, but it means putting an extra an extra plate on a plate, and I don't like putting plates on plates. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this again, this is some one of those things earlier we were saying. I I have really right stuff and Jitsu tripods. I have Arca Swiss type um, plates on everything, and I I use the L plates. So I'll I'll not be using this all the time, but there are times when I'm just going to want to throw it onto my onto a rucksack or my bag or my belt and just be when I'm running and gunning I like to have a camera there and yeah. this is one of those things I, I backed this company on a Kickstarter program the first Kickstarter that I had I actually backed um, but yeah Peak Design and the Capture Capture Pro or the Capture um, you know get the plate that fits your system they do, a, they do an Arca Swiss which is this one they do an Arca Swiss and Manfrotto to like hybrid and then they do a, a Another plate, which I forget exactly what it is. It's just like a, I think it's a standard plate, um, but it's great stuff. It's really well made. It's uh, it's it's a nice little addition to my kit my kit bag. I think it was seventy nine dollars for the for the for the pro version. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, really. So what's nice. that made of? Is it is it like just diecast metal or aluminum? It, yeah, I it says it on their website. I think it's aluminum. It's it's. Uh, it's diecast and it's it's well made. I think there's a certain amount of machinery got machining going into this, but uh, I mean it's got things like you you turn the button that you use to release the, um, the the button that you use to release the clip. If you turn it 90 degrees, you can't you can't pr push it. So there's no way once you do that. Say if you're on a on, on a a bike, you're you're actually actively running around. You might want to just have a little bit of extra, uh, you know. Locking device there that that'll stop you stop it from coming out. It's also got a screw here so you can lock it down in a second position, and it's really well thought out. And I uh, I'm looking forward to you. I mean I've used it a couple of times already, just uh, had a quick wander around with it, and it it's really easy. Once you got this on the bo bottom of the camera, you just slot it in there. You can have your camera here, and then it's just up to your eye in moments. So that's cool. Yeah, it's nice nice little gadget. That's cool. And you said it's uh, what, 79, 80 bucks? I think it's I think it's 79.95 uh, or something like that for the pro, and the other one, the the non-pro is a little bit cheaper. Um, 
But it's it's at peak design. I've I've put a, a link in the show notes, so hopefully we can get that uh, we can get that out, uh, with the episode. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Martin. Perfect pick. All right, Derek. How are you going to top that pick? I can't. But you know, we're on a, a kind of a similar theme here because I uh, my pick is the Joby Pro sling strap, oh. and uh, if you sort of think of it, it's, it's kind of Black Rapid style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that I like about it is Martin's playing there in the it, background. I'll put it down. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I, I like about it is that uh, is I think it's sort of an improvement on Black Rapid, in that uh, that it, you can tight you can cinch it up and loosen it uh, just with one hand. So I keep it uh, I keep it at uh, one tightness when I carry the camera. I like to carry the camera actually in the small of my back. I'm doing the strap when I'm walking around and then you just pull it and it comes out and then you can have it at a working length and then you just pull it back in. It works. It's really nice. It's really comfortable and it works with um, the Joby Ultra Plate which is also Arca Swiss compatible and I think the I love the Arca Swiss plates and everything that I'm using is Arca Swiss compatible too and mm. I just uh, I keep the Ultra Plate on the bottom of my DSLRs and it works with the sling strap, and it also works with all my tripod heads, and it's just nice. I like it. It's a, it's a nice flat. It's a nice flat head that doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't get in the way of things. You know. That's cool. That's cool. So, okay, it, where, where can nimble. I get one of those? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take a look at that. I'll, that sounds great. It's very yeah. comfortable. It's very comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sixty nine bucks. Both of you guys are always spending my money. <clears throat> I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every single time you guys are on, I love it. Okay, um, cool, Derek. Thank you for that. That's the Joby Pro Sling Strap for DSLRs. And you had in the notes you put LXXL. Was that a the large to XX? Oh, okay, got it, got it. Okay, so, <clears throat> so it's uh, it'll it'll fit it'll fit big guys too. Yeah, got it, got it. Cool. And my pick is something that's not even released yet, and I was given permission to show this guy to you guys. This is from, this is a benefit of that trip I just went on with the Sony folks, and look at this thing. So, for, personally, I think this is mismarketed. It is the Sony Music Camcorder, and essentially what it is, you know, Sony has these, I have one of them, they have, they have those little action cams that is essentially the competitor to GoPro. Um, so what they did was they took that technology and put it in this thing, which is small and light. It's like a deck of cards, but it's an HD video camera. But on the front of it, if you see those two mics right there, oh, if you're wow. watching the watching it, it's kind of like a Zoom H4n as well, mm-hmm. integrated with this wide 25 um, millimeter field of view camera. And on the back of it, it's got an HDMI out port and a multi-port, so a USB, uh, USB port, headphone jack for monitoring the audio, nice. and HDMI out, like I said, and then also a microphone jack for bringing mic into it, all nice. in this little tiny, and then there's an LCD on it, so you can view your stuff. So this thing is like, it's like every, it's almost like a podcaster, YouTube yeah. creator's yeah. dream, right yeah. in this little thing. It's insane. And it is, so I was looking at this, they were showing us to, showing these to us, and I said, like, I got to take one so that I can show it on the show, hence I have this pre-production model that I have to send back. But it's going on sale next month, I believe it is, and in the notes, I put a link to it, they're charging under $300 for this thing. So wow. I, so I tested it, like I said, we went to this, the uh, Ben Folds concert, 
in um, in Nashville, and I put this thing on a tripod. It has a tripod hole on it. Put it on a tripod, aimed it at the stage, recorded the entire concert on this thing on one battery charge. The whole thing, and it sounds amazing. I mean, because it's wow. imagine it's a zoom, right? It's like a zoom yeah. type audio oh, audio no. uh, recording pattern. So they just invented the pirate camera. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pirate all day long with yeah. this thing. <laughs> but what, check what, it out. It's got Wi-Fi and NFC built into it too. So I had my uh, where's it? The this Moto X here, right? So I would take the Moto X, tap it on this thing. It would launch the camera, launch the app, and now I'm looking at live video on the phone from the camera, and mm. I can control everything from from wow. the phone. It's just. Wow. It's insane for three hundred bucks. It's insane. Mm. What's so, the media that it records to? What it records. It records to micro SD. So these micro little SD. tiny. Yeah, these little tiny thumbnail size yeah, yeah. SD cards. Yeah. yeah, and it comes with the with the chassis, so you can make it into a normal sized SD card to put it in your computer. But yeah, it's just it's crazy, and it's you know it it's gonna when I get one, it's gonna live in my bag just for impromptu interviews and just yeah. having fun overall. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's gonna change so. reporting for some of us, huh? Uh, exactly. Yeah, you know, just like. <laughs> exactly, Derek. Yeah. You remember when we did that? We did that interview yeah. in the Yerba Buena Gardens. Yeah. I would have taken this thing, and set it on a tripod in front of us, and yeah. I probably wouldn't even mic us. I would just use the on-camera mic. Yeah. And that's it. We would have been well, it's, done. It's got X Y configuration. Yeah. You know what? I've had. It's funny that you mentioned that interview. I've had three people in the last week mention that interview to me. Oh. It's out of nowhere, yeah. So positive, I hope. Not just very positive. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 to, I, <laughs> I told him. I told him I passed it along to you. Cool. They, they liked how you did it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to do it again. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's my pick of the week. And before we close the show off, guys, um, I did an interview. We mentioned Gordon Lang at the beginning of the show. I did an interview with Gordon Lang. He's the guy behind CameraLabs.com. And in this interview, Gordon basically gave me – this was at the end of this Sony trip that we did in Nashville. And we sat down before a Halloween party when Gordon got dressed up as a purple pimp, <laughs> which, I, which I recorded video of with this thing. <laughs> So uh, I sat down with him and recorded a quick interview about his thoughts on Sony's Sony's new A7, A7R, and all that. So um, I'm going to post that, or we'll insert that interview into the end of this episode. And at some point in the next couple of days, you'll see this embarrassing video of Gordon Lang cutting up the dance floor in his uh, in his pimp outfit. So definitely keep an eye on, <laughs> keep an eye on my Google Plus stream for that video. Um, and since we're on a different time zone from Gordon, he won't even know. So. <laughs> All right, guys. We are at the end of another episode of TWIP. It is really good to be back in the saddle. Martin, where would you like people to go to uh, connect with you and beg to be included on your already si sold-out workshops? <laughs> uh, just everything I'm into is on martinbaileyphotography.com. And so, I mean, the workshops, there's a... a a menu at the top, the workshop, tours and workshops are in there and all, everything that I'm into. But if you scroll down, you can see the podcasts and other stuff. So it's all on that top, that one page at martinmailyphotography.com. Got it. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. You're welcome. Right. Thanks for having me. Mr. Derek Story, what about you? Where would you like people to go? Let me guess, the nimble photographer. Well, yeah, obviously I want them to go there, but everything yeah. everything still flows through thedigitalstory.com. But but go over to Nibble Photographer. 
It's nice. fun. And you know what I'm having the most fun with is uh, the journal. Uh, I, I've never, I haven't done a journal for such a long time, and I do a journal there, and it's different than blogging. It's it's just what you think, you know. You don't have to worry about pictures, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just now what uh, is it? Is like a diary? What is it? Yeah, it is. It is like uh, you know, it's it's stuff that uh, I observe in conversations that I have with people, and just you know, oh. it's it's literally like that, but you know, centered around photography. Oh, I should yeah. do one of those around marketing. I have a lot of pet peeves around marketing. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when you like when you check out at Target and they ask you all these questions, like. You've been standing in line for 30 minutes, and they exactly. say, did you find everything you're looking for? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> me no, no, let me go back. Yeah, no, I've been standing here because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um. <laughs> you, you, you could be the Andy Rooney of marketing. I could totally yeah, do yeah, that, yeah. 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 <laughs> and don't get me started on McDonald's, not all that right. I go to McDonald's all that often, <laughs> but you know how they started? I'm just digressing completely. <laughs> you, you know how they started? You pull up to the drive-thru, and... Now they have to offer you something before you even ask. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, I welcome to the McDonald's. Would you like to try our new nifty, nifty yeah. five million calorie fries? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I kind of know uh -huh. what I want already. I don't need you yeah, to yeah. sell me before yeah. I say anything. So. All right, guys, that's it. I'm done with my tirade. That's it. <laughs> uh, where, where, where listeners, thank we, you. <laughs> where can we find out more about you, Frederick, and your marketing rants? And my marketing rants. You can keep up with me and all this <laughs> stuff at thisweekinphoto.com. There's a TWIP community on Google+, and it's very active. Please join that. Also, if you're looking for me and my crazy rants on all things marketing and photography, you can find me at frederickvan.com or on Google+, at plus.google.com slash plus frederickvan. Vanity URL. Boom. Yeah, finally. Yeah, we all we all have our we all have our names now. <laughs> yeah, look at Gosh, that. Finally. That, took a, that took a long time, didn't it? It, it took it took a long time. I thought it was just it. me. I thought it was just me. I thought you know everyone else had one and they just hadn't sent me mine yet. But no, no, no. no. Did you get nimble photographer? No, I did Derek's story. Okay, good. good yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Good. All right, guys, um, listeners, if you don't have your Google Plus vanity URL, make sure you go get it. <laughs> but now it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. Hi there, I'm Frederick Van Johnson, host of This Week in Photo. I'm sitting here with Mr. Gordon Lang of CameraLabs.com, the man that writes those reviews that uh, you kind of have to, uh, you know, have savor. Have a strong drink beforehand? Or two drinks over two nights. Exactly. Because they're long and comprehensive yeah. and don't say anything about <laughs> Karen Karen is off stage and she's watching she making is, she funny is. faces over yeah. there. Karen Hutton's in the house, by the way. Anyway, so we're gonna be talking about so first of all, mm -hmm. we're here in Nashville, Halloween night. It's windy outside, yeah. it's raining. We're in a beautiful hotel here, courtesy of Sony, who has provided us with all of this. Well, this yeah, gear, to, not so much that gear, all this gear to play with for the week. And uh, we're going to talk in this little interview about Gordon's initial impressions. He's, you're preparing a really full, yeah. detailed, deep dive into these guys. Yeah. But since we're still here, everyone's getting on a plane tomorrow. I wanted to just kind of pick your brain about 
what you think now, initially. Hot off the press, we just came off a little excursion today. What do you think? So first, first question, what do you think overall now versus when you were just dreaming of a full-frame DSR, full-frame mirrorless camera? Well, the interesting thing is when you're testing cameras, as you know yourself, Frederick, uh, you, you have a look at the specifications, you see the briefing, you get these preconceptions or even misconceptions about how it's going to be, and then you take it out when you actually get it. Some things work better than you expect. Some things don't work quite as well as you expect. Yeah. And there's, there's always some surprises. So I think that's, that's what I found. The, the biggest thing I've really found is that these may look like small cameras, but they're very, very serious cameras. And I mean that in a good way and a bad way. In a good way, you're getting a massive amount of power in a very small, light, portable camera. Mm -hmm. But you've got to think that I have a prop here. This is a Nikon D800D. That <laughs> it's I, a real one. Yeah, yeah that I, I rented from Borrow Lenses uh, yeah. for this, this event. And I, I brought it along because I wanted to do some handling and quality comparisons, uh, which you'll, you can see at CameraLabs.com. Mm -hmm. But the most obvious thing is when you look at these two cameras, I mean, this camera is absolutely massive, and this one is tiny. It is, yeah. This admittedly does have a much brighter lens than this one, but try and ignore the lens and just look at the, the body difference. It's insane. But the same size sensor in each one, made from the same manufacturers as and well, the right? same yeah. the same resolution, same sort of technology. They are different sensors, but mm -hmm. similar sort of thing. And when I I was testing the DA100D and the DA100, you know, when they came out. The thing that I realized is that if you want to get the most from this camera, you've got to mount it on a tripod, ideally. Yeah. You've got to focus extremely carefully. You've got to treat it almost like a medium format camera. Mm -hmm. It's not a camera that you run around and snap with. You can, yeah. but you can't expect to get the full 36 megapixel potential out of it. You may, it'll, it'll perform similar to maybe like a 20 megapixel camera. The thing you've got to remember when you're shooting with the A7R is it's exactly the same. It's no mm -hmm. different in that respect. Mm -hmm. It's got this massively high-resolution sensor in it. Just because it's in a tiny little body mm -hmm. doesn't mean you should treat it any differently. But you do. You, you use it one-handed. You, you point it out the window. It feels like that. I yeah. mean, it feels like it's designed to be yeah. thrown around or bandied about, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of bandiness, especially on Halloween. I love it. So I think the first surprise that we, most of us has is, is when we were looking at our images, especially from the A7R, and we're like, ah, oh, actually, I can see a lot of potential there, but I've got to be a lot more careful mm -hmm. about how I shoot with this. Right. Because it is the same inside as this. So then, who is this camera for? So from what you're saying, the, the D800, is it D800E? This yes, one? it is, yes. Okay, so the D800E and the A7R sounds like they're, they're destined or designed to go towards landscape shooters. Yes. People are gonna do, they're gonna put them on tripods, they're gonna be doing maybe HDR, you know, that kind of stuff. More considered photography. Exactly. Rather than, I'm going out to do street photography, I'm doing sports, I'm doing, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then where does the A7 slot into that then? So the is A that for everyone else? Kind of. The A7, there are, they look very similar. This isn't it. We've got an A7 here. This is an A7R. Superficially, the bodies look almost identical, and they are both weatherproofed, mm -hmm. but there are very minor differences we found out, like, you know, the dials are slightly different. Yeah. Um, the Just front panel, really slightly. Yeah, you, can't you wouldn't see, know unless yeah. you had both of them sitting next to Well, we had both of them, and I couldn't tell, right. really. Right. The front panel on the A7 is, is not as strong. It's not the magnesium alloy that you have on the A7R. Little thing, but, you, you know, you'd be hard-pushed to really tell the difference. The big difference is the sensor, that it's uh, 24 megapixels on the A7, with embedded phase detect AF points on the sensor. Describe that. So all that sounded really cool and techy, but what does it mean? <laughs> you had me at phase detect. You had me at phasers and transport. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So describe what that is, that technology is, and why, why is it important? Well, previously, on this week in photo, mm -hmm. previously. <laughs> I'm <laughs> what, lost. Yeah, what you'd have 
on a on a live view system, a screen uh, a system with electronic composition, you'd have contrast based autofocus. And the way that works is the, the camera has to kind of focus through the subject, go, whoa, I've gone too far, pull it back, whoa, I've gone a bit too far again, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, it, and it gets and, it. And narrow and it down. finally gets it. And that's called hunting or searching. And mm -hmm. you always get that. They're getting faster, much faster, especially cameras like the Olympus, OMD, EM5, and EM1, and the Panasonics, very, very fast at doing it. But they are still going, uh, there's that little shimmer at the end. Right. What phase detect can do is it actually knows what direction it has to start off going in in order to get something in focus. And if it's done properly, it should know when to stop. So it's a lot more confident. And that's what you get in a DSLR head. Uh, you know, when it's bouncing off the mirror through the optical viewfinder, you get a phase detect system. How do you get it on mirrorless cameras? They figured out how to actually embed these points on the sensor. Mm -hmm. This one has it, the A7, the A7R does not. So I don't know if you found this, Frederick, I'd be mm -hmm. interested to hear what you think. Yeah. But just playing about with them over the past couple of days, I'd say the A7 is definitely more confident, less hesitant, especially in a tracking environment. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I was actually doing some tests with Karen earlier, um, and, uh, and it's negative, so it's all good. <laughs> I was doing some tests with, uh, it's cleared up. You don't need to worry. No more penicillin, it's yeah, okay, yeah. it's okay. It was faster than we thought, so that's all good. <laughs> Karen is mooning us off camera. Um, <laughs> I was doing some tests with Karen Hutton earlier, and uh, I had this lady walking towards us yeah. with a brisk march, would you say, brisk march, Karen? Brisk march. Brisk yeah. march. Mm -hmm. The A7R, uh, set to continuous autofocus, struggled. I, mm. I only had a, a handful of frames in sharp focus. The A7, however, uh, many more of them in focus. It still was far from 100%. I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about that more in my review. But of course, the interesting thing, which is what you'd expect, is that when the AF point, the AF area, was within the phase detect area, because it's not the whole sensor, it's right. just an area in the middle. Yep. It was better than when it was outside where it becomes contrast-based. How would you say that that focus tracking test compares to, say, the Olympus OMD? Well, it depends which OMD. The EM5, the EM5. is, is contrast-based only, mm -hmm. uh, so it struggles as well. It's going to struggle. I find them sort so of these similar. guys would win. The A7 would win versus the OMD EM5? For continuous shooting, but mm -hmm. just before I came down tonight, uh, to film this with you, I actually uh, did some single AF tests. Mm -hmm. That's just where it's not tracking, it's just going to focus on something that's static. And the EM5 was much faster. And the EM1 okay. is a little bit faster than that. And the EM1 also has embedded phase detect AF points, so it can also do that more confident tracking. Mm -hmm. So these are, I mean, ultimately, I, f I, I found these are not the world's fastest autofocus cameras. This one is better than that one, but I still wouldn't say this was particularly fast in that So here, here's the big question. So a lot of people are considering, okay, I've been hearing a lot about mirrorless. You know, there's crowds of people on the DSLR side that own these that have been hearing all this buzz about mirrorless. And the, you know, the one retort that we hear all the time is they're not full frame. The sensors are too yes. small. Yeah. I can't do yeah. the, the same depth of field that yeah. I can do with the full frame sensors. These guys show up. Is all, are all those, can, those, those questions gone? Or is it, are we still in that boat or what? I'm, well, I'm still confused. I completely agree with you. The amount of people that I've I talked about Millis, I'm saying Millis is great. They go, I'm not going to touch that until it's full frame. I'm not going to touch until right. it can match the quality or better the quality of my D800 or my 5D Mark III. And they've done that. Now, I've not done my direct comparisons yet, but hopefully by the time this video comes out, or if you're watching it later on, mm -hmm. hopefully I'll have those comparisons. And I'll link to that from wherever you're watching this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of specifications, they should be extremely similar. This should be very similar to this. And this should be roughly similar, or even slightly higher resolution than the 5D Mark III. They're both full frame. They have potentially the same shallow depth of field, mm -hmm. potentially the same uh, tonal dynamic range, potentially the same noise levels. 
So in terms of quality, I would be confident, even at this point, in saying that the, these, you know, will match, you yeah, know, match. deliver a similar experience. But what they are lacking at the moment, as every new system is, are native lenses. Right. Now I say native because you can stick an adapter on it and then put any other lens on it. And I was very interested with Sony's approach on this. Normally when we go to presentations and there's a new system, which of course comes out with one lens, two lenses, three lenses, five lenses, in this case five lenses, although we've only seen three of them. Yeah. They always show you a roadmap. They say, oh, it's okay, because next year we're going to have this, 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 and this, and the year after the that, we're going to have this, this, and this, and it's like, yeah, but that's two years away. Mm -hmm. But Sony were completely open from day one saying, yeah, use an adapter. We've got adapters for full-frame Sony Alpha lenses. But yeah, by all means, use a Metabones adapter, stick on Canon EF, stick on Nikon mm -hmm. uh, lenses. Karen and I were shooting with a Nikon 14 to 24 on the A7R last night, and, mm -hmm. and it seemed to work pretty well. That was on a Metabones adapter. Mm -hmm. I've seen lots of people using the Metabones Canon EF adapter. And that's just a stopgap until the lens sort of matrix yeah. gets filled out on the Sony but side. But the idea right? is, is they want to go to people and say, look, you know, you've got your existing Nikon or Canon lens collection, swap the body out, but keep your, keep your lenses. Of course, you lose, in the case of the Nikon, the autofocus. Mm -hmm. And in, in the case of the Canon, the focus becomes, you know, slower. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have exactly the same experience in terms of speed, but okay. at least you can stick them on there. So from the so that's looking at it from the perspective of the DSLR owner mm -hmm. moving down or yeah. laterally over to these guys. What about from the other way up? The OMD owners, the GX7 owners, mm. the, the Micro Four Thirds crowd mm -hmm. that are saying, hey, I want all my size savings and a large full frame sensor. Should they be considering this or should and giving up the whole world of Micro Four Thirds lenses that they can use or well, this is a question that's close to us both because we both use Micro Four Thirds mm -hmm. quite a lot. The reason I went into Micro Four Thirds was initially not about the bodies, but about the lens selection. It was, mm -hmm. It's got a very broad native lens selection. They're extremely good quality. People look at the smaller sensor size of Micro Four Thirds and see it as a disadvantage in terms of noise, tonal dynamic range, that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I see it as an advantage because, as we've discussed before, um, you can design lenses that perform much better in the corners. Sure. And I, I'm very, very satisfied with the Micro Four Thirds lenses I've got because they're very sharp right in the corners and the edges. If this can do that with lenses that aren't massive and massively expensive, mm -hmm. then that might be something I'd be looking at. But to yeah. be honest, my photography is all under 400 ISO. These are not going to give me any noise advantage. They'll give me a slight resolution advantage. What I'd be losing from Micro Four Thirds if I went to one of these was the huge native lens uh, collection. Mm -hmm. I'd lose in the case of having an Olympus body built-in image stabilization. Right. That is fantastic. Yeah. Works extremely well. It does. Yeah. So those and and the touch screen. Mm -hmm. And if you're on a Panasonic, a touch screen that comes out. Right. So these are big usability differences and also differences in terms of the lenses. So for me. You know, it's hard not to get excited about a big sensor in the small part. You're like, oh, it's got a full frame sensor in it. You know, this right, is great. Right. But for me personally, I, I like the lenses, I like the touch screen, I like the built-in stabilization of my existing system. But it's amazing, you know, this is version one. Yeah, and, this and already is, yeah. we're, we're going, oh, I don't know, it could be there. And for lots of people, it will be there already. Mm -hmm. They're really exciting products. So bottom line, um, given the choice today, and of course, I'm putting you on the spot because you haven't done your in-depth yeah, review yeah. in the camera lab, right? Um, given what you know today and what you've learned this week, and you had to make a choice between going with one of these guys or, and, and let's say lenses were here and you could get a comparable oh, set of lenses. Let's say, yeah, say the lenses were here and you could replace your normal lens set on your OMD with 
Sony Glass, would you move to this camera and away from the OMD? So glass is not an, is not an issue. If, if those lenses were roughly the same size and weight and especially quality at the edges. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that will be the case because if you want a full frame lens to perform very, very well in the corners, it's either very big, uh, very heavy, very expensive, mm -hmm. or that there's normally something, something has to give. Yeah. So I, I just can't imagine that it's gonna, I mean, this is, this is beautifully portable with the 35mm 2.8. This is very compelling. Right. I love shooting with this combo and the 55 is small as well. Mm -hmm. But you get this zoom, that looks pretty big to me. Mm -hmm. and, and they get bigger. They and get I keep bigger. looking at the full frame fast lenses and they, they're even bigger and I think, I, I don't know, I could end up with a heavy bag again. And yeah. I got into this game to try and have a lighter bag. Right, right. And it's trying to pull you back in. It is. It's, it's me. trying to pull Every you back in. Every time I try and get out, <laughs> they pull, pull me back, back in. <laughs> I love it. That was good. Yeah, do you like that? That was good. Yeah, thank you. All right, Gordon. Where, so cameralabs.com. Yes. That's the site. Around when do you plan on having your reviews ready for this? Well, with something like this, it's so big, it's an ongoing process. So already I have a detailed preview. I have a video interview yep. uh, that, I, that I filmed on the day that these were originally announced. Mm -hmm. I've got a ton of sample images and videos on there already. And this will just kind of keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I'll have image quality comparisons and then finally the full review. We're at the end of October now. I, I would hope within the next couple of weeks, I'd say mid-November, okay. it should all be complete. But, you know, go and look at it straight away because there's, there will be, there's a lot of content there right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so perfect. Thank you for that. Also, Karen Hutton is going to have a review up or a preview or some sort of beautiful insight into these guys over on stuckincustoms.com. So make sure you check that out. And I will probably have something on this weekend photo as well. So definitely check that out too. So lots of cool data. These yeah. are fun cameras. This has been a fun week, huh? It has. I've, I've had these. a great time. And they are really, really nice cameras. They are. And yeah, like you said, I agree with you on, on all your points. And I think this is, this is a shot across the bow for those mm. guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because of the, the arguments that people have been levying for years versus, you know, about mirrorless versus DSLRs are slowly but surely going away. Definitely. So, so cool. We'll see what we see. All right. I'm Frederick Van Johnson, This Week in Photo. Thanks for watching this video.